Right. Thank you to everybody out in YouTube land. Wildman's first proper podcast in a studio, English Enforcer in Arizona Prison. It's at 60 foot plus thousand views right now. It was the most watched podcast within the first 24 hours on the channel. So we appreciate all of your big love and support for Wildman. Wildman co-interviewed. You already saw his first co-interview. I was there in the chat speaking to people. Everyone was saying they were loving it. It's a natural. Can you please get Wildman doing more co-interviewing? So this, over these two days in Liverpool, Wildman is co-interviewing three more podcasts and they will be coming to you on the channel. Next huge thank you is, I told people out there that we were getting most of the true crime podcast demonetized, put a video out saying, you know, if you want to support the true crime podcast, here's what you can do. Wasn't expecting much of a response to it. Absolutely blown away. It's only been up now. The links, Patreon, PayPal, Just Giving. The links have only been up for a couple of weeks. And we've already got enough money now to cover two plus podcasts at a rate of £350 per podcast. That's including the, you know, the, the podcast production, the travel expenses, um, thumbnail creation and, and insertion. Um, all all these things we've got it all now nailed at a total of three hundred and fifty pounds down from where we had it at five hundred pounds last year, and also a big thank you to Material Studios. They saw we've been demonetized, and they've actually cut us a deal now, and they've took ten um, percent off off the cost of their production. So th there's all of the big shout outs. Now in the second English Enforcer podcast, Wildman talked about his time in Arizona. Department of Corrections. The first one was Maricopa County Jail. So the Department of Corrections one, he did about 40 minutes of his stories. He has got about 10 plus hours of content on his um, playlist on YouTube. And the link to that, if you want to watch all that, is in the description box below the video, as well as the donation links and the link for Wildman's t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Get them while they're hot. <laughs> <laughs> Two different styles. Different sizes, and um, underneath this, the link, you'll see where you can get them from. Yeah, we got the um, we got this one, the mugshot from DOC, and we've also got Wild Man in the black and white stripes in the B stripe outfits. So, how we're going to structure the podcast today is we were going to go over, start by going over the various jobs that Wild Man had during his prison experience. And then we were going to go over the various disciplinary tickets Wildman had in his prison experience. And then the third section, we were going to go over to responding to more of your comments and questions. So if you have got further comments and questions for Wildman, please post them in the description box below this video. Please support the channel by liking the video and subscribing. I've got a little subscriber watermark now in the right hand, bottom right hand corner of the video, which should be about down there, I'm guessing. Um, so if you click on that, that will get you a subscription to the channel. So thanks for coming back on, Mr. Wild. Very welcome, as always. We've got, um, in 2003, you became a dormitory porter. Yeah, I'd just like to say I've got more actually jobs in prison than we have on the streets ever. I worked at the Crispy to work with my dad. I've had two jobs in the whole of my life. In, in prison, I did about 10 or 15. So they know what your job is now with your dad. Yeah. What does that mean, working at the Crispy? 
Oh, the Krispies gold, Golden Wonder Factory. It was just basically packing crisps in a box. It wasn't exactly hard, but it was it was quite fast. And how does that compare to being a dormitory porter? I prefer to be the dormitory porter. What does a dormitory porter do? Well, basically, it's you, you clean the dorm. It's you've got you got your bedding area where you don't clean them, and then you've got your day room, and then you've got your shower area. You clean the day room. And you don't touch the shower. They're, they have shower porters for that. You only get a pound a day, a dollar a day. But the advantages are that you can make money on the side, mainly through, because you don't go into other people's um, bedding area to clean, because it wouldn't look right me going into, like, a Mexican or a, a black or a, a, a pacer cleaning his bed. It just it made me look like a bitch, basically. So, but what you what you can do is, they generally have their own porters anyway. They have their own people. But say there's like thirty white lads on on in your dorm. Well, I'd say at least twenty of them are lazy gets. Apart from the older ones who are like military, they like they have the beds like hospital corner beds and everything, and it looks perfect all the time. But they're old school convicts, like the young lads to just get up and just leave the bed as they are. You can actually get a ticket for it, but the guards aren't really arsed. There's, I mean, there's better things for them to write a ticket for than not making your bed. But what you can do is you charge them two soups. As you're cleaning up every day, you clean up. You get some fresh water and you clean up the beds. You clean the dorm up and then... You empty that water out, you get fresh water, put some, like, detergent in it, and you clean the white people's bedding area space, and they give you two to three soups a week for doing that. But, I mean, it's a hustle, but, you know, it's, it's keeping you, it's keeping the place clean and tidy, and it smells nice too. They're the old ramen noodle soups. Yeah, and the other hustle with that also is, you get you get this like white liquid, and it's like a it's a floor polish, and it makes it all shiny. Now you only usually put this in, in the day room for the extra some more soups. You actually because you do it with your hand, on your hands and knees and put it on a rag. You rub it all over the concrete on your floor, and it makes it all nice and shiny. And it it makes it it's not slippy, but it makes it all nice and shiny. It looks new. Are any of the other cleaning chemicals on demand on the yard for stuff like bleaching works? No, they won't actually give you bleach. Everything they give you is not uh, non-poisonous because of people trying to drink things and just trying to get high off stupid stuff like that. Like drinking an entire bottle of GHB? Mm, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone had a misspent youth. <laughs> You are me and I am you, La. Yes, La. This was, um, you got assigned this position in 2003. You've just been sentenced after coming from Maricopa County Jail. And you had this position as a dormitory porter until 2006, 31st of May 2006. And then it says yard detail, whip, new assignment. 
yeah, detail. Yeah. And it says, um, after yard detail, you went to special project two at a rate of 30 cents an hour. This is 2006. I'm trying to think what prison I'd have been in. This is before you become a landscaper. So can you remember what work you had in between dorm porter and landscaper? What year was it? 2006. 2006. So I would have been in. We got sent down. You've been in for one year into DOC. And then... Actually, you became a dorm porter in 2003. And you was a dorm porter for 2004. 2005. So for two... Just over two years, you was a dorm porter. That had been at Steiner Red. Okay. So do you know what job you had right after dorm porter? Um, well, if it had been yard detail... It'd have been going around picking litter up off the yard. Right. But that wouldn't have been in Steiner. That would have been in Florence. That's only 10 cents an hour. That's only 10 cents an hour, That's yeah. like the lowest one, is it? Well, you're living in the tents, though, you see. So it's like, you don't give you hardly anything. But, I mean, it's not it's, it's not hard work either. The hustles of that is, is that when other people are locked down or in the tents, you have access. You can walk around any time. Doesn't, they don't give you time to clean up. You can clean up any time you want. You can do it 12 o'clock at midnight if you want to. Wow. So, do you remember what Special Project 2 was? Special Project 2? Was that the dogs? No, we're not at the dogs yet. That's Kennel Worker, isn't it? Yeah. The Special Project 2, whip, you got 30 cents an hour. If This was the one before Landscaper. I thought, you know what, I can't actually remember what that one was, to be fair. Um, so, you did, it didn't last long, whatever that one was, because then you became landscaper in August 2006 for 30 cents an hour again. What, there's nothing to escape, is there, in the desert? No, there wasn't. The, the, the landscaper, all that was, was basically going around the borders. And what did you do to the borders? Well, just the... There's nothing, there's not a lot you could do. You just pick, you see, the wind had blow the rubbish to the fence. Yeah. So it's not actually landscaping. It's cleaning up, but cleaning up outside. Right. Because there's like little brush areas, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Did you did you ever look at those areas and fantasise about escaping? Well, no, but you did keep your eye out for, when you're at the fence, and you keep your eyes open for people who want to throw packages over to your yard. Yeah. And you'd also keep eyes open for, like, I mean, there could be drug packets or anything, though, you don't know. Yeah. So we're getting to your favourite now, which was in September 2006, on the 28th, you became a kennel worker for 50 cents an hour, and that's working with the dogs? Yeah, that was the best job I've ever had, that. It's... The prison was in Kingman, was the very first prison to start doing it. And what they actually did was they had to say like um they had they had like um it was like the old hospital wing and there was eight bunks in it and it's you could they have a back door where you could open up and there's like a yard, probably about twenty foot by fifteen foot, something like that. That's where you let the dogs out, and 
basically what had happened, these people come in every day and they bring the, they bring the dogs and they pick so many people to train them. So there was eight of us all together and there was eight of us had kennels right next to us with dogs in and we'd look after them through the night. If they wanted to go and do like, the business, we'd let, let them outside. We'd just press the buzzer, the guard would let us out and we could go and have a cheeky cigarette. And um, just it was a really, really good job. And through the day, these people had come to actually show you how to train them, how to make them sit, walk, um, lie down, and obedient. Because these dogs were either stray dogs or they have anger issues. And But the healthy dogs, and they won't put a healthy dog down in Arizona. So you give them, it's called second chance. And basically, if if you can train them to where someone comes and ad- adopts them and, you know, takes them home as as a pet, you've got to make sure that they're all right with kids. You've got to make sure that they're all right with other animals. And if they're not, you've got to tell the people that, hey, he doesn't get on with certain dogs or whatever. All, all dogs are quirky. Some are passive, some are aggressive. Like everything, you got your alpha male, you got your you better, you got your it's um all the male dogs want to be alpha males, but really it's 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 the bitch dogs that just they they take control. They're the ones who are really in control. It's like everything else, isn't it? How many um how many dogs did you supervise at a time? One, one at a time. There was eight, eight there was eight dogs in the dorm, and each two people. Minded one dog. What was that first dog like? Did you like get get a relationship, like a connection? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, it was really nice. It'd jump up on my bed, and like, I'd have the bottom bunk, and it'd get his head down with me, <laughs> and then I'd have to put it in its kennel for when the count come, when the, when they did the count, and I'd let him back out the kennel and let him run around and just you know take him out, and then on the yard. We'd take them on the yard and we'd introduce them to, to different prisoners and all that to make sure they get on with people, to groups of people. And like I said, these people would come two or three hours a day and we'd go in the the hall and the teachers how to train the dogs, but it's 90% of it's sign language. And you, you learn all the signs and you work, you're working with the dog and you get a bond. And it's at the end of it, after the end of the 16 weeks, you go and the, the governor and he invites people round and they come and they have like a buffet and all that. It's not for the prisoners, that's just for the, the like the, the officers and for the, the people who are coming to see the dogs. And you got to do a show, you got to walk up and down, it's like a catwalk really. Show them what your dog can do, and they'll you, hopefully someone will come up to you and say we'd like to adopt it, and then you tell you spend a bit of time with them, tell them what temperament it's got, tell them what it dislikes, doesn't like, tell them what food it likes. You know, dogs eat old foods, to be honest with you, but I've never met a picky dog. I've never met a dog that won't eat chicken. But um. They actually got fed better than us in prison than the dogs. They got really good food. What was that first dog called, and what kind of a dog was it? 
the first dog was it was a border collie and you know what i'm going with milo milo i'm thinking that yeah it was, it was some milo or milan or something like that it was like a poncy name for for, for for a male dog but it was um it was a lovely dog good temperament good temperament so, like, you're in prison, everyone's just judging everybody, and now all of a sudden, you've got this non-judgmental yeah. animal. And the whole yard... That must be like, it must give you, like, a breather from everything. Well, the whole yard become more relaxed and everything, because you'd have people, you'd have all people coming up and saying, oh, I could stroke the dog, and you never let anyone come up and just stroke your dog, and you never let anyone come and stroke your dog above. You don't stroke your head like that. You put your hand down because that's showing you submissive. Because a lot of these dogs are being battered and stuff. And the first thing you do is if you raise your hand and go like that, they're going to bite you. So you, you, you just tell them how, how to stroke the dog. And some people say, don't be daft. Say, look, if you want to stroke the dog, you do it like this. If you don't do it like this, you're not going to stroke the fucking dog in the story. Because some of them are like, oh, are you trying to tell me how to stroke a dog? You think I'm stupid? And then, uh, you know what I mean? So, it, and you got good accomplishment out of it, but the whole yard was buzzing with them. And it, it felt good to, for me because no one's judging me. No one's like, I'm not a number, I'm an actual person. And I'm doing good for for, for, uh, for an animal. I love dogs. I prefer dogs than humans, to be fair. So, after Milo, was there another dog or was, it, was there several or? No, there was what there was one more. That his name was Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. What kind was that? That was a. Um, it was a what? Not a pit. Um, a bull mastiff. Bull mastiff. Big dog. Wow, about the prisoners were like trying to like yeah get that fighting and stuff. He was they, they, yeah they, a lot of people come up and go ah like that to it. And they look like I'll let him bite you. I don't give a two fucks, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fucking fight you after he's bit you too. <laughs> so did both, both those dogs graduated then and got both into graduated. Family homes and stuff. Both got into family homes, and well, I still hope they're alive now. Did that give you a sense of accomplishment to know that they they graduated to family homes like that? Well, it did. It really did. Yeah, I enjoyed seeing them go. You'd be upset when they go because like. You'd have like two week rest before you get your next dog. And what once Trevor had gone, I was just waiting to get my third dog. And all of a sudden they call me and it's they come they come into the kennels in the middle of the night and tell me to roll up and go in the hole. I'm thinking the hole? What the fuck am I going in the hole for? Anyway, you can, you can there's no, you can't you can't say no when you can't, but you're getting dragged there anyway. So I'll get my bed and bedding, roll up, go to the hole, get put in the hole, and then I'm talking to one of the guys in there who's who's the head of the yard at the time for the weights. The head of the whole yards. There was four yards there, was the head of all of them. I said, What he said, What are you doing here? I said, I haven't got a clue. He said, oh, I know what it is. He said, it's your gloves in it. And I just laughed and I thought we daft. Because I made I made him some gloves and a bally. Because he's the head, I did charge him, you know what I mean? And whenever I was making hooch, he'd get a cut off it. So he said, no. He said, you, you know what happened over on the, 
to be yard with Roman, don't you? I said, yeah. They said, well, they were wearing your gloves, and instead of one of them getting caught, or one of them throwing them, throwing them away, he's kept all, he kept all of them like a stupid ass, and your name got dropped because there's not too many people were making gloves in prison. So I thought, well, so I wasn't there, like. He said, but yeah, they'll interview you anyway. He said, you, you know not to say it. He just said, just act stupid. He said, it won't be too hard for your English, Pete. I went, huh. So we're getting on with him. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, God. He said, they'll let you out soon. He said, I know you haven't got anything. I said, what have they got you for? He said, because you think I know everything. He said, God, he said, I don't mind it. It's a break for me. He said, I'm sick of people coming with the problems. It's holiday for me. Well, fair enough. So I'm kicking it with him, then I'm in there for about three weeks. And then they suddenly come and roll me up. And then no charges at this, at this moment in time. I thought, well, there wouldn't be any charges. So I asked the governor, because he comes round and he tells you whether you're going to get charged or not. Well, it's not the governor. It's one of the, the main heads. It's the disciplinary officer. He tells you what the ticket's for and what you're expecting. Some tickets, you, you, you do, like, say, 30 days in the hole and loss of privilege for so long. Some tickets, you can actually you get street charged on. You've got to wait and the police come and see you and you get an extra charge. So I asked him about it and he said, oh, no, there is no... Um, We've got no evidence to say that you you were involved at all. I said, well, why was I brought in? They said, we just did the round-up of the usual suspects, and basically your name was mentioned because of the gloves. I said, well, I know you're not supposed to make gloves, but I said, it's hardly coming the whole material, is it? He said, well, he said, we could actually do you for destruction of state property. He said, but it's... And Navrain or there, we're not even going to bother doing that. I said, oh, will I get my dog job, job back then? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, and he walked off. So I thought, well, that didn't sound too good. So they walked me, and as they're walking me, normally, to go to the yard I was on, you have to go two, three, two, two gates, past the canteen, and another gate. And they walked me straight up from the hole, up to the um, building, building one on the south side, and I'm thinking, what are we doing there? So they put me in the bed there and all that, and then fucking, I go in, I go and see the sergeant. I ask the sergeant, listen, I was working with the dog people, and I lost the, I've lost the job because they put me in the hole. So I didn't get done with anything. So can I go back to the dogs? No, if you get in trouble at all, it's a, it's a that job's a privileged job. If you get in trouble, you lose it. I said, well, I didn't get in trouble, did I? I've got no tickets. He said, but the fact that they took you to the hall, they su- su- suspected you. I thought, oh, that's... I honestly did feel like just smashing the place up and going back to the hall. I was really, really, really gutted. I enjoyed that job. It was it really pissed me off. You know what I mean. So if anyone's in the system and they can get that job, get it. You recommend that if you like dogs, yeah. So then they've got you 
as pre-release adult education. Pre-release adult education. Were you teaching people something? Yeah, that was... GED stuff, is it GED, called? GED, yeah. High school diploma. Basically, what I was doing is there was people that who couldn't um, read and write, and I'd, I'd go in and I'd, I'd do it for two hours a day, and I'd sit there and they'd sit next to me, and I'd, they'd read little John books. It sounds silly, but the children's books. And you read them that, and you ask them to read it to you. And then you ask them, have you had any letters they want reading? Because these people get letters sent, and they're too embarrassed to tell the people who send the letters they can't read or write themselves. So you read the letters to them, and then you say, do you want, them to, do you want me to correspond for you? So you correspond for them. Yeah, I was actually assigned that job as well. I was assigned clipper room, kitchen duty. That was just before I was about to get released. Yeah. That's where I had the situation where I sat on the crate during a break and I, this guy who murdered two people in prison tells me to move. That's his seat. If you want to watch that video, it's on the, it's on the playlist. Um, Challenged by a murderer near my prison release. And... um. Oh, fucking clipper room was a nightmare. Have you ever worked in the clipper room? Yeah, I've worked in the clipper room. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, like... I first started in the... Well, I, when I was in Florence, immigration, when I go to the immigration, I start off... That's where the first place I go. Yeah. Everyone starts off in the clipper room, and then you have a... There's three jobs you could do in the clipper room. There's one doing the washing the big pans and stuff, doing the washing. The other one is getting trays through at you through a little slot. And then the other lad is cleaning the trays out, putting them in milk crates and putting them through a machine and spraying them and stacking them up and moving them out. Yeah. The worst job is actually... I didn't mind the washing up bit and I didn't even mind the trays bit, but I hated the actual trays coming to you. Because people have just finished the food... And it's just a little tiny window like that. And they just lob the fucking trays and they come flying at you like. So there's like this little tiny window and they all just come flying in. And there's these big sinks, like one after the other after the other. And we're talking like 200 dudes have had 15 minutes to eat. Yeah. So there's got all like the leftovers and stuff. You've got this hose pipe. They're coming in, coming in. You're grabbing them, hosing them off, putting them in the next sink, putting them in the next sink, putting them in the next sink. And then. Where I was, they had like this in, an industrial sized, almost like a car washer sized dishwasher. All oh, right, yeah. Where everything ran through into that. But it kept exploding, like there was gas explosions. Yeah. And gas was fucking shooting out. And people were like, it was like almost setting people on fire and shit. It was crazy. Well, the, 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 the immigration, it's just like, you put, you put them in like a milk crate almost. And you get like 12, crate, 12 trays in the crate. And you just put it through the wash thing like that. But even that was dangerous because all of a sudden the top holes would come out from steaming water would come pouring everywhere. It's a horrible job. But from from that job, you move up slowly in the kitchen. From that, I've become a veg uh, prep, which says as it is, as it is. Literally just prep the veg, peel the onions, peel the potatoes, peel the carrots. 
Yeah, well, the dishwasher was going crazy like that, and the flames are coming out of it, like shooting these flames out of it. My mate, Iron Man, who I was working out with, he like was telling the white shirts, white shirts are not prisoners; they're people employed from outside the prison to come and work in the prison. So you got some white shirts in the clipper room, kitchen area with the prisoners. And for some reason, the white shirts were these Nigerian guys. So there was one we called Blood Diamonds, and one was called Applesauce, because when people were getting served the chow, it said on the menu you got an, one item of fruit. Yeah. And he would put like a squeeze of applesauce on the tray. There's an item of fruit. Yeah, and say that is an item of fruit, and all, all the prisoners were kicking off. And um, there was nothing you could do with these guys. They were just like laughing at us. They were like, um, this, this Nigerian guy was like, oh, so I, I heard you do yoga. He's like, yoga man, I'm a Buddhist. I'm your enemy. Teach me how to fly, yoga man. Teach me how to fly. <laughs> Off the reds. But, but, but the scam was, to get out of the clipper room, they had all these hardcore cleaning chemicals. Yeah. And it said on the bottle, you've got to wear these protective rubber gloves and goggles and everything. Got you. But the prison, being so stingy, they don't give you any of that. No. So... There was one guy, he would just keep his hands in like a bucket of bleach for so long. So they went all red. Until all his skin was just peeling off. Oh, God. So my skin, my eyeballs were already red from the chemicals and everything. It was, it was already happening. But I, I, I managed to um, get that showing quite distinctly, let's say. And then you put in a request for medical. Now, one doctor would never, ever give anyone a waiver from work. So me, I'm uh, literally like the medical. They call so many prisoners out to the medical run. And say like they call 20 prisoners out to the medical run that day. Like more than half of them were kitchen workers trying to get waivers, trying to get waivers. So we're all up in the cage outside the medical building. And um, we don't know what doctor it's going to be. There's one doctor that never, ever gives waivers. And there's another doctor who's this like old, senile dude who like will give you a waiver so iron man gets called in first and he comes out and he's like he's like kissing his waiver and we're all like yes hallelujah so i go in the doctor's like look i've got huge tonsils anyway he's like feeling my throat looking at the size of my tonsils looks at my eyes looks in my mouth looks at all these like bleach scabs on my hands he's like yeah you're having an allergic reaction to the cleaning chemicals and I'd, I'd pull the label off yeah. and I'd shown him and said, yeah, look, this is the label. It says we're supposed to have protective gear when we're working with these chemicals. But I keep asking the white shirts and they just keep laughing in my face. They're not doing anything about it. And he's like, OK, OK, I'll give you away with them. Um, so that's how I got out of the kitchen. And then they assigned me then to... Teaching the fellas the GEDs. Jeez, yeah. If they didn't have those high school qualifications, I would have to go to their cell and like te- read them some basic English and read them, do some basic math with them and try and help them um, raise, raise up their level. In some states, unless they, they actually get the GEDs, they're not allowed to get out of prison. They'll keep you in prison until you've actually learned them because it's, it's a way of improving yourself. Yeah, and then the prison can say, look, we've, rehabilit- we've rehabilitated so many people now. They've managed to get their GEDs. All right, so we did adult education, and we did the kitchen. 
Then you, you go back to landscaping. Treatment. Well, that's a zero wage. Does that mean you wasn't working? Yeah. Treatment. Treatment. Life skills. Yard work. Detail. That would be cleaning the yard again. Cleaning the yard again. Life skills. Pre-release. It's just the same stuff over and over. Yard detail. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, yeah. Medical non-duty. So you did get a waiver at some point. I got a waiver for... Um, it's when I, I was high as a kite. And... Uh, I went, I'd been smoking tweak, and I, I go in the, the restroom. We're going to have a wank. End up having shit. <laughs> stood up, stood up too fast. I was all dizzy, and I just fell straight like that. And I fell, my head, into the sink, like porcelain sink, oh. and then onto the floor. And I was knocked out, clean out. Oh. I'd, um fractured my jaw and blackened these two teeth here they're permanently black and dead um i broke my nose again and my two eyes were all puffed out i'd fractured my cheekbone and at first i thought i'd been battered i thought someone had done me in so as soon as i got up i'm like who's done this what's happened and the white boys come round, and then there was an old black guy who looked like listening there with the toilets there he said no man no. he said nothing he said, I watched the whole thing. He said, you stood up and just faded, man. You just went, boom, and hit the ground. And he said, it honestly felt like it shook. How long was the recovery from that? Uh, three months. Three months? Three months, yeah. Jesus Christ. I was on no work duty for three months, yeah. So your final job here, it says, was back to just um, yard work detail then at 20 cents an hour. Just picking litter up again. That was right up to 2009. That's what I got out on it. Yeah, yeah. All right, then let's go to the disciplinary tickets now. I'll go right back to the very beginning of this. It says um, 2003. I just got sent down. You were guilty of a minor violation of disobeying an order. Yeah, basically I'd been sent down. And um, I didn't give a flying fuck for... I just got eight years, and um, I I looked at the guards as the enemy. Everyone really does when they first get in, and like, I think one of them said, "Oh, when I'm doing quint, when I'm when I'm counting, you're supposed to get off your bed. You're supposed to get off your bed and stand next to stand next to your bed when when they count when they do quinter. But um, I never got up. I hadn't that there, then we had the headphones on, you see, listen to the TV. The TV's there, it's like, you don't have no sound. You you have to put the headphones in to get the sound out, because otherwise you'd be, everyone would be blurring TVs and stuff like that. But I hadn't heard him, and like, I was going to say, oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't hear you, officer, but, but his attitude, it was just like, he talks to you like a dog. I said, fuck you. Who do you think you're talking to? That was the ticket. So if you're guilty of a minor violation, people watching this have no idea what that means. So in the DOC, Arizona, there are major violations and there are minor violations. So if you have violations, if you're racking up violations while you're in prison, then 
you start to lose your privileges. Yeah, major violations, you go the hole for. Probably or you could get a street charge. Minor violations, you'll get like 30 days loss of privileges. That means you can't go to the canteen for 30 days. They come and take your TV away and you take your fan away for 30 days. And then you sit there then thinking, fuck it, I should have kept my job shut. So major violations would include things like inciting a riot, getting caught with a shank, murdering someone, or like a high level of violence in prison, assault on a prison guard. Can you remember any of the other... Drugs. I'll get caught with with drugs. Um, spitting at an officer. It's classed as assault. Yeah, and I think like if you display your dick to a female yeah, guard, if you display your dick to a female guard, it's um, indecent exposure. Because I I went to one prison and first got there, and so the bunks were at the back of the cell. And the toilet was right at the front of the cell. So the guards walked right past the front of the cell. And it was locked down. Everyone's in the cells. And I'm just taking a piss at the front of this cell. And I'm brand new there. I don't know all the noises. I don't know all the counts. I don't know what, anything that's happening. And next thing, a female guard just shines her light on my dick and says that I was masturbating in front of her on purpose. And I was like, I'm just taking a piss. And she's like, no, you're not. You're touching your penis. You're masturbating in front of me. I'm going to write you up. I'm going to give you a, a major ticket. So my lawyer had said, like, you know, try not get any major tickets because it could impact your release and all this kind of thing. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, you know, what what what's going to happen here? So I'm like, going to and fro with this female guard, I said, look, I'm new here, didn't know you were doing a walk-in, you just showed up. And she's getting madder and madder at me, saying I'm like some sex case, just showing on my dick. And then my cellmate, he was like feeding it a bit, but then he started, because he realised like a squad were going to come and shake down the cell. So he then just goes, oh, he's new, he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing, blah, 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 he doesn't have a clue, blah, blah, blah. And um, he kind of talked the like, talked the back down into like just giving me a pass on that one. But it's like just stupid little things can just blow up into nothing yeah. in people's heads. I mean, it's, they can be bitches when they do stuff like that. It's you know what I mean. Do you fantasize? That's what they're doing, fantasizing. It's probably an ugly cow anyway. You probably wouldn't get an ad on. <laughs> one, the pettiest ticket I ever got was so you had 15 minutes to eat. Right, so you get down, you get your tray, you get your blah, blah, sit at your table and you do your 15 minutes. But they had this thing full of apples. Mm. So everyone's in this line and they're coming out the line to grab the apple so they could start eating the apple while they're in the line to save up on the 15 minutes they got to eat the rest of the food. Literally, everyone was getting the apple. So I got the line, got my apple and a guard ripped me up for leaving the line and, and to get an apple. And 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 I took it to the fucking appeal thing and everything. And it stuck. Stupidest ticket I got was flicking a cigarette on the floor outside. Everyone was smoking. Thousands of fucking stumps everywhere. I pretty fucking flick it like that. Hey, Marnie, did I stay there? Use it. I know. Sorry about that. 
go and pick it up now. Oh, no, I'm picking it up. Go and pick it up now. I've told you once. I told you, how many times you fucking tell me if you want to pick it up? Pick it up your fucking damn self. And that was a ticket. I almost got one just prior to my release when I was trying not to fucking trying to just be under the radar. So I was mostly like reading and writing in my cell. I'd just been moved to minimum. Female guard comes along and says cell search. So I got off my bunk politely, just stood outside the cell, just reading my book while she did the cell search. And then she just started copying attitudes. She goes, oh, must be really inconvenient, Atwood, for me to come in your cell today and disrupt your life like this. So I just didn't say anything. I didn't, I didn't take the bait. And then she, she knows that you're leaving. That's why she's trying to fucking bait you. Then she goes, where's your TV? She, she's got a mail garden with oh, right yeah. now. And then she goes, where's your TV? Now, I was in an unusual situation because everyone in that yard pretty much had a TV. And I didn't have a TV because I just chose to like read and write as much as possible yeah. to stay away from the TV because it would have like put, put my time away from what I was trying to do. So she's insisting that one. I know you've got a TV. I know you've got a TV. And then she goes, oh, you're about to leave, aren't you? Oh, Atwood, I know what you've done. You've sold your TV. And I was like, look, I'm the only person on this yard not to have a TV. You can ask any of the other guys, they all know. And she was like, oh, you're full of shit, Atwood. I've seen you hanging out in the yard in certain areas of the yard with certain people. I'd only just got that, I had no idea. I think she must have mistook me for someone else. She was just really fucking with me. And in the end, she called a lockdown and had and, and made uh, the guards start searching cells for my TV that I didn't even up. have. Yeah, it did piss a lot of people off. Because if you have a TV, they scratch your DOC number yeah, in it. Yeah, they put your name on it. They had to use like a Dremel and they, they, they'll put it on. So they're going door to door looking for this TV that doesn't exist to try and find my number. All the yards locked down. People are getting mad at me. But people understood because there is an us versus them man- mentality that overrides things, that understood that the guards were just trying to mess with me because I was about to get released. You can actually get that number off, by the way. So you only Dremel it for very, very finely. What you actually do, it does take forever, but you, you get a little rag and you get the toothpaste that they give you, a little tube of white toothpaste. You just put a little bit on it. Same cleaning all them plastic mirrors you get. Exactly the same way if you had one of them all scratched up. You rub the toothpaste on it and just keep on rubbing. And with the toothpaste being a bit abrasive, it'll slowly it'll slowly like take all the dents out. Did you have a TV now? Yeah, I had a TV. Did you buy it from the store or did you buy it from someone who's leaving? No, my, my brother had sent the money in for, for me to get it. And it followed me. I, I got that in Stein and it followed me all the way through. When you, oh, when you left, what happened to the TV? I give it away. Give it away. All right, so. Oh, did I give it away? I'm not too sure. I was supposed to be giving it away. I can't remember now because there was a thing where I said I'd definitely give it away. And then, but they'd called me and I hadn't given it away just yet. And I might, I might have actually gone with it because I didn't want to risk getting it because they can give you the ticket. And yeah, then, they can like fuck with you if you're about to really get released, can't they? Yeah. If you like you sold your TV. So also in 2003, this one is in December, so it's four months after the disobeying the order one. 
is not in an authorised area minor violation. I was on a different yard. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd gone and I'd made these gloves and as I'd, I'd gone to the, the chow when they called it. So I used to go for the pill line and when I'd go to the pill line sometimes it'd coincide with people eating another yard would be eating. So while they're eating, if it's like hot dogs and chilli, something I liked, I'd I'd go line up with the other yard, I'd go and get a scran, and then fucking go back to the yard, I'd wait, and then, like, um, wait for them to call me, and then go back again, get, 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 get another scran. But um, what happened was, it was, it, it was searched everyone for fruit on the way out, and it took longer than expected. And one of the guards what knew me, because he, he, he had the hard on for me, he always wanted to give me fucking tickets for this guy and everything. He said, hey, you're on the south side, aren't you? What are you need with the north for? I said, oh, I said, I'd just been to the medical and I thought I'd, I'd missed Chow. So I'd come in and I thought, I thought it, it was our group eating now. He spoke shit, right, you your ticket. I got seven days in the hole for that. Seven days in hold. Do you like hold time, or does it do your head in? No, I quite liked it. It was very, very therapeutic, really. What do you do while you're in the hole? Mostly read. One can read. <laughs> Wildman's playlist is in the description box below this video. Check out the video. Can you wank in prison? If you want to have a good laugh, it was demonetized. Surprise, surprise. Right then. So we're moving on now to oh one more thing about the showers i've got to say it's the funniest thing watching new people come in because i've seen it too many times before they'll actually go and have a shower right and they'll come out butt hard naked butt ass naked with just the flip-flops on and go and walk to the fucking bed and dry themselves there as if they're at home dry yourself in the shower don't even step out the shower Obviously, wait till the shower's off. Shower's on a timer. Sometimes it's a pain in the ass because you've got to just keep on pushing it sometimes to keep it on. And some of them stick and it won't turn fucking off. But eventually, you get it right. You find you always find a decent shower too. You always find one where the pressure's good and the temperature's good. Some come out hot, some come out cold, some come out just right. But you, you don't come out and dry yourself there and then. Because you're asking for the ticket. You don't walk round the fucking thing butt naked. Because, A, you got the fucking the sex predators who are fucking, they'll be fucking giving you candy bars. You're just asking for trouble. <laughs> you basically say, look, fucking hell, shag me now. And that includes no mooning after jumping Bill. So, we've got... Disobeying order in February of 2004. It had been a simple. Uh, disobeying order is that they request you to do something, and if you don't do it, you disobey the order. I can't remember each one of them. I've That's got okay. Thousands of them. You've got, in August of 2004, disrespect, which is also a minor violation. Telling a guy to go and fuck himself. Why did you do that? I just don't know at the time. Just being a jerk. Yeah. So, in um, November of 2004, disorderly conduct. Fighting. Fighting. Have you already put that one out there? Yeah. 
So Wildman's fight stories are in his playlist below this video. Well, that's actually that wasn't even a fight. That was fucking what you call horseplay. Me and a guy called Boone, and we we were just fucking wrestling, really, just fucking around on the bed wrestling with each other, and uh, I got him in a headlock, and from the guard's point of view, it must have looked like he was fighting, because he fucking locked the fucking yard down, and the fucking commander muscle squad and everything, and me and him were just fucking around, and then the guard seen it was horseplay, and it, it still sent me, it sent me to the hole for a couple of hours to, to calm down, and then it didn't, didn't actually charge me, but I still got a disciplinary ticket for it. Then in 2005, August, Sell and Trading Services. Yeah, that's um, what you call it. Making gloves, hats well, that and was beanies. Wildman's got stories on exactly how he made the gloves and the hats and the beanies in the playlist as well. I've actually, that's just, I've got 74 podcasts out there now and um, I've, I've done one. I'm going to do another one pretty soon. Uh, like part two of like what prison food to cook and stuff like that. I'll be doing that again. I'll be doing it in a bit more detail and I'll, I'll actually be eating it in front of viewers. For some reason they want to see me eat it. Not like I'm fat, fat enough, like, but there you go. <laughs> right. In November of 2005, loss and destruction of property. Walkman. Walkman. So in the prison, you can buy so much things a week from the inmate store, and one of the more pricey items below the TV on that commissary list is your little clear tech Walkman. Puts that clear plastic, stick it on your hip, got your little headset thing, and you got your batteries, and you can listen to the radio, and you can listen to, well, back then it was cassette tapes before tapes, CDs. Yeah. I used to get like um, the great courses would send me tapes on like philosophy and psychology and stuff and I'd listen to them on my little Walkman and all the plastic's clear so that you can't stash drugs in them but they do actually take the motor out Walkmans and, and turn that stuff into uh, tattooing equipment. That's what I was actually the Walkman was it was actually playing a bit slow and it was eating batteries up so I was I was halfway through dismantling it when they come round and did count. I was in a world of me own. I, fucking, I didn't even fucking see the guard. I'm like that ripping a walk with some fucking bits and he's counting. There's another ticket. You like your tickets, you don't you, Marnie? Well, ticket for what? What do you think? I said, I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. So if you alter anything that you are given in prison, you can get a destruction of property ticket. And that can be really trivial stuff because in Towers Jail, we had a co-defendant called Joey Crack. That was the guy who pierced his cock in Towers Jail. And one of Joey Crack's specialties was, when you go into Towers Jail, they give you a number of postcards. Yeah, they do, yeah. And the postcards have got, like, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and he's got some rescue dogs around him on some of them, or Sheriff Joe Arpaio next to his tent city. The corny, like, wish you were here. You know what I mean? It's him taking the piss, but makes you wear pink underwear. Fucking faggot he is. So Joey Crack would alter the postcards and he'd get like newspapers and magazines and he'd take like big ears 
out of like magazine pictures or women's boobs and stuff like that and he put them all over to um these postcards but it was like super badass the way he did it yeah he superimposed it really well and you've got a lot of time in prisons to do stupid shit you get you get really good at really soft things so people were paying him to buy these postcards because you could send them out then to like your girlfriend or your family and it would yeah. give them a good laugh. But some of the postcards that were getting sent out of Towers Jail got intercepted by the mail staff. And then Joey Crack gets a ticket for destru- destruction of county property. I can well believe it. I, 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 I've, I've had one for ripping um it was a shirt that I'd actually bought, a jumper that I'd actually bought, and it had gone too small for me. So I cut it up for gloves. Yeah, I mean, if you've got, like, a towel, an old towel, and you, like, rip it into a flannel or you, like, adjust it or anything, or adjust, you take some stuff off your sheets or your bedding, it's all destruction of property. Oh, I used to do it. I used to get a couple of the towels. and No, the back of your bed with the metal bar is there. Yeah. you got your pillars. But I'd get a couple of the towels and wrap it round there like that. So you, instead of having your head on the pillow all the time, you can put your head on that and watch TV. Yeah, because you're not allowed pillows. No. For most for your incarceration, but some people do make little pillows out of things. All right, so the next one then. You're back in 2005. With, with, oh, this is the same month. This is um, November. Two days apart. So you had your loss of destruction of property one we just talked about, and then you got another not in authorised area. Area. That'd have been the same thing. Chow Hall Hustle. Yeah. Okay. Then you've got Well that disobeying order was a major violation. That one was. That's crazy. Oh them tickets. I was in the hole about seven times out of them. Alright, so now we're going over to 2006, minor violation. This is in January for smuggling contraband. That could have been anything. Contraband does not necessarily mean drugs. No. Anything that you're not authorised to have in your cell or that you've altered in your cell becomes contraband. So if you change something, it's that'd contraband. That would have been the jumper, that. Okay. Just making gloves out of it. And then you've got three days after you're smuggling contraband, you've got a failure appearance. What does that even mean? Failure to appear. It basically means they'd, they'd called me up to go and see the disciplinary officer for my disciplinary tickets, and I didn't even go. <laughs> so I got a ticket for not going. <laughs> Was there a particular reason you didn't go? Fuck you. I'd, 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 well, as you could tell, I'd had one of them fucking months where I just kept on getting tickets, so fuck it. <laughs> I'm not turning up. So, you went quiet then for four more months in May. I had to, so it took me ages to get my TV and shit back. <laughs> in May, you got a minor violation for disobeying an order. It had been, just like saying. It'd been the guard asking me to do something and I didn't want to do it, so I didn't do it. And then in December of 2006, loss, destruction of property. Gloves again. Then in 2007, in April, disobeying an order. 
can't remember all the discipline though. There's oh, not many of them. You probably won't remember all these then, the next few ones, because they're all very similar. You've got a, um, in October 2007, you've got a disrespect. Tell the guard, fuck off. And then you've got three more disobeying orders in 2007, 2000, 2008. But here's a new one now. In 2008, January, you've got gambling and possession of. Yeah, I was running a poker table. And um, when you're running a poker table, what you do is to make the poker chips, you have old whole old decks of cards, and you rip them into four. So you got like a little stack of chips like that, and each person gets twenty chips, and twenty chips represents one pound or one dollar. And I mean, you can put, you 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 play up to two to five chips per game, whatever whatever game you're playing, really. So, and I'd I'd have I'd have a piece of paper too. The piece of paper was who who's been playing on the table for that week, who's up, who's down, and at the end of the week you tally up who's up and who's down. The table's always up. The table always wins, and then. You match up the best you can. Say, like, he's down 50 and he's up 50. Well, you tell him to pay him what he wants. So then them two meet up and it'll give you, it'll give him a list. Can I get this? Can I get that? Can I get this? Can I get that? You don't have to do it like that. I mean, you can just give him all tobacco if you want. But if you do that, sometimes they won't play again. And if they're down 50, you want to keep them on the table, really. But you don't want to keep them on the table where they're losing too much. You you gotta let the. I mean, you you gotta let the dog see the rabbit now and again. You gotta give them a little bit of a feed. <laughs> Was there any other illegal gambling you were involved in that you weren't written up for? Oh well, yeah, every day, every day, run the table. Every day you run different games. Or... Yeah, different games. What yeah. what kind of games were available? Spades. Um, generally poker, five card stud, three card no peak. Um, spades was the main one to be fair. So on the, all of these prison survival advice videos I watch on YouTube, a lot of the recommendations, top recommendations, are violence. Most violence is caused around drug debts and gambling debts. Stay away from those two. How did that um, affect what you were doing? Did you have to impose order on people? No, I, I, I had, I had a uh, little, um, little enforcers to do that for me. I run the table by, by this time. I'm actually running the table for for the weights, so I give them a percentage. I've always got a big fat sack coming, and if people don't pay, I've got. If it's another race, I'll go and talk to the head and tell them, you know, such and such hasn't paid, and they make sure they pay. If it looks bad, no one, no one, it looks bad in prison to welch on a debt. You give them your word. You shouldn't be at the table if you can't play. You can't pay. So, I mean, you, you also you give them a bit of leeway too, because sometimes generally your money hasn't got through, or something, something could could have happened, or you could have got a ticket. 
and you've got 30 days loss of privileges, so you can't actually pay for the 30 days. So you just basically ban them from the table for 30 days, and when they've got privileges back, they pay you. But you don't charge them, you don't put them in trip. You're not trying to corrupt them. I mean, playing the games, most people only lose a five or five or ten in a week, stuff they can afford, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just watched True Geordie's got a podcast up now where he's interviews this poker player and he's talking about like getting into the big tables and you know, you gotta like portray this certain image and you gotta have like so much money and you gotta have like but like a coolness about you and all this all this kind of stuff. I know that it's like low level stuff he's talking about here, but like with the people that you wouldn't allow to gamble? Um people notorious for maybe running up debts and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I w I wouldn't allow uh, Bagheads weren't welcome on my table. Heroin uh, addicts, the, 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 I won't have them on my table. Tweakers were fine because they'd be up all fucking night. <laughs> and was there anybody who tried to welch and kicked off? No, because at the end of the day, all all the heads had a policy where if, say, a black guy owed me, or the table 50 quid 50 dollars and he didn't pay it the black lads would beat the shit out of him and roll him up and then what they'd do they'd wait for every every, every race has a dope head like who has their own dope coming in a lot and he'll he'll actually he'll throw say like a hundred pounds worth of heroin to you, so you can sell it for fifty quid. Oh, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have drugs on me. But it, it they'd basically pay the guy's debt off, so it doesn't give blacks a bad name. Because otherwise, if they didn't do that, people say we'd have no blacks at the table. So if you've got this gambling hustle going, how much money are actually you making from it yourself? Not a lot. Probably about, I'd say about twenty dollars a week. Twenty dollars a week. Well, that goes a long way in prison. Yeah, a lot of soups, a lot of tunas, a lot of. Well, it's basically what I used to use it for. I'd always have me soups, and me, yeah, soups and me beans and me coffee and me hygiene. That'd come first, and me gambling and me sewing. That'd get me stuff like I wouldn't normally pay for, like £2.50 rip and ready beef or £2 packet of tuna, you know, $2, I mean, sorry. So I'd get stuff like that. And then you'd make your soup and put some tuna in it, it was nice. Or you'd make a bagel and you put tuna in it. You put jalapeno cheese on top. You put it in and you can, like, boil it put it in a bag, steam it, it comes out all hot. Like a hot bagel tuna. All Wild Man's prison recipe videos are in his playlist, which is in the description box below this video. I'll have to see if I can get a print out. I might have an old commissary list somewhere, actually. Ah, that'd we'll be we'll do a video just about the commissary yeah. list. Because some of the stuff, some of the, some of the basics, I think your basics are your soups, they're the cheapest. You get a big bag of nacho crisps for like 60 cents. 
you did then, I don't know what the prices are now. If you smoked, you'd get top tobacco. It's rough as fuck. It's just like, it's like you'd open it up, it looks like half a fucking tree. you got to demangle it and shit. And that's another hustle too. Some people are just fucking lazy and won't roll their own fags. So if they'll give you they'll give you two boxes of tobacco, you roll them each box you get fifty fags out of cigarettes. You roll you twist a hundred fags up for them and you get a box of tobacco for doing it. My main things were peanut butter, peanuts, crackers. Not much has changed, has it, Lamb? No, you're still eating it now. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was beans, soup, um, jalapenos, nachos, and then um, summer sausages. What was those things that high protein? Pork, rinds, pork scratchings. Oh, pork scratchings, yeah. Yeah, because like, some dudes in there are like, bodybuilders and stuff, aren't they? So for high protein, they say the peanut butter is high protein, and they say that the pork. Scratching things high protein as well. You get some stuff from the kitchen too, what helps? A PV or something. It's like, um, it just looks like, it actually looks like mincemeat. And it's, it goes by three, three like PVF or something like that. It's basically a protein substitute. It's for like the vegans and stuff like that. I was getting um, cheese, stolen cheese from the kitchen and put it in my vent. Yeah. So it didn't melt into orange juice. All right, so moving on to the to the last of the disciplinary tickets before we go over to the comments. This might be a good one. Let's see. We haven't had this one so far. This was in April 2008. Theft, possession of property, guilty of a minor violation. Remember that one? Uh, yeah, I think I, at the time... My TV was gone. It had been put away for 30 days on the ticket. And a young lad, he was leaving. But he had like a week to go or something like that, or two weeks to go. And he kept himself to himself. So I, I, I'd, give him, I'd give him $10 worth of food a week. And he brought his TV over and let me watch it. Because he did bother with TV. He worked out a lot. So, like, he used to, like, he's working out. So I'd watch, I'd, I'd watch the TV. Well, the guard come, and he'd seen that. I didn't scratch the number off or anything, because I wasn't going to keep it, you see. The guard come, seen whose TV it was, and put one on one together and got three. And decided to fucking, that I'd, like, bulldogged the guy into his TV. What an asshole. They do blow everything out of proportion. They do. So, Wildman's done 10 videos now on responding to your comments. Because Wildman's doing regular podcasts now, we might probably add the comments onto his podcasts. So previously we said just put questions on those videos, but now put all your questions now in the comment section below these podcasts. And I'll look to the previous podcast to get the new questions and perhaps we'll we'll do it that from now on and we do appreciate all your interest and all of your questions so gavin brown has asked did you have a favorite move or a signature move that you used in fights and i've i've actually seen it 
Yeah, you normally shake hands. And that left just comes in yeah. like, bam. Normally it's like, all right, listen, I don't want to fight. Let's forget about it. Yeah, I'll give you skin. And you got to shake his hand. And as soon as you shake his hand, fucking wallop and knocks him out. It's just all over right there and then. So Erin Page has asked, did wild men have more fights in the UK prison system or the US prison system? US, I was in there for eight years. Well, it, seven and a half. Bob's has asked, what was the cell rules and etiquette and were they different in jail from prison? We've done that. If you go through the videos, we've actually done a um, video on exactly that etiquette of living in the cell and what's the best between living in the cell a dorm or tents because in the cells if you've got most of these cells were designed for one person then you got two people in there as well in some of them if you're totally unlucky and um like there's a lot of lockdowns so if you want to take a shit then there's a certain etiquette around taking the shit if you're having a shit, then it's best to wait until the doors are open so your cellies can go out into like a day room or go out into a rec field or something like that. But sometimes you can't hold on to your shit for that long. No. So what you do is... Um, Courtesy flush too. Constantly flushing the logs down the toilet as soon as, you know... Get rid of the smell. And, and if you're farting and, and pumping out logs, you just keep flushing, keep flushing, keep flushing, keep flushing. Some people say drop one, flush one. Because you, you're basically living in the toilet. So this question should be, what is the etiquette for living in the toilet with two other dudes? Because that's yeah. what you're doing. It's just a, a, a combination steel sink with a little toilet on the top where you press a button and a little bit of water dribbles into the sink. So how would you behave if you were living in the toilet with two other dudes? It and comes with very good weapons, too. I mean... If you're fighting in your cell, it's close quarters. You haven't got time to fucking be swinging. You haven't got time to fucking swing. So you just fucking... I mean, if you can fucking just bear hug them and wrestle them and smack their head against the fucking sink, it's solid stainless steel, like, you know what I mean? You hear dinks and thumps from people going up fighting all the time. Dorm living's probably better, huh? Tent living's the best, but dorm living's also good too. Because there's a lot using there and everything's bigger and it's it still stinks. I mean, when anyone goes to the toilet it stinks, doesn't it? No no one's fucking shit smells of roses. But some sellies, what they'll do is, like after they've had a shit, they'll like blow talcum powder around or they'll light a piece of toilet rape paper to try and take the way and then you got, oh, they'll spray something. Then you got the shit smell and some other fun yeah, from yeah, the fucking store. You just got two horrible smells. Then. <laughs> oh, the, the fire extinguisher goes off the fire thing. People like people actually like fucking pieces of paper and go like that. Well, they have sprinklers, so it's, and you're not supposed to smoke in there anyway. So as soon as the like, as soon as it smells that. A cigarette won't set it off, but a fucking piece of burning fucking paper is. That does, the, the sprinkler doesn't know it's some dumbass, does it? You know what I mean? He'll just go off, and the whole place will get fucking wet. One of the other things that have just has occurred to me that we might not have mentioned on the previous videos is bunk status. So 
my first jail was Towers Jail, Tower 6, and it's like three bunks in a cell, one on top of the other. So if you, when you get assigned to that cell, more than likely there's going to be two guys in there already. You're on top bunk, aren't you? You've got to get the top bunk. And that's because the person who's on the bottom bunk can just walk in and sit on his bunk. He doesn't have to climb up. And there's a tiny, like literally, if you wake up too fast and, not, and raise your head too fast, your head's hitting the ceiling. It's almost like sleeping in the coffin. It could be claustrophobic, the top bunk, can't it, really, sometimes? It can be claustrophobic, yeah. Especially when it's summer. Oh, my God, in that heat. You're basically just lying there in a pool of your own sweat skin infections, bed sores, and you, your skin's soggy because of all the heat, and you scratch yourself, and the, the, the skin comes off under your nails. And I'm a big lad, and if I was on the top bunk and I roll to my side, my shoulders would be touching the ceiling. I mean, we're talking, like, third you red, third you ceiling. It was fucking hard, yeah. I had to slide to get on the fucking ladder. But it's not very often that I did. I didn't stay on the top bunk long. <laughs> so when I got moved over to Madison Street Jail, which was the maximum security, I was surprised that there was only two cells for starters and then that my cellmate was asleep on the top bunk. But what I found out was the brackets in the hole in the walls were right next to the bottom bunk and that's where the cockroaches were just pouring out all over that area. So it was reversed there because of the insects. Right, someone here has asked. This is Lucas. and. Oh. Is there anything Wild Man misses from prison? Nope. No? What about the dogs? See, that's just... That's good. My dog's just passed away, hasn't it? You don't, you don't miss anything from prison, do you? There's nothing in prison that you can't get on the, on the streets. Your, your freedom's everything. Why is Wild Man not doing world tours, selling out places... And telling these stories, people would pay to hear it in person for sure. Brilliant content, love it. That's from Ryan. More people buy the T-shirts. The next step was going to be a book, and then who knows? It could be I'll be in Japan this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed in America. Not allowed in Canada. Not allowed in fucking Mexico. Japan, and you can't get in with, with a criminal record either. Last time. Oh. Australia. Australia as well. I've got a daughter, will I? <laughs> oh, so that'll o- override the criminal record? Yeah, it should do. Um... <laughs> Wales, then. So if you want to help us get to that level, please keep subbing to the channel. And we have now have a subscription watermark. And actually, because I'm on this side of Wildman, and the watermark is on the bottom right-hand side when you're facing the screen, I'm thinking the sub button is going to be right down there below me right now in this video and not over there at Wildman's feet. So, this is from Jay. Wildman ever thought of making a homebrew beer? Made plenty. You do that um, these days? No. You just forget. You get a bottle of cider for fucking four quid. There's no point. Bargain booze? Yeah, you can get five pints of fucking 7% cider for four quid. It's tramp juice, like, but... This is from Rounen. Question for Wildman. I love your content and love your stories. My question is, because I'm from the UK, and don't understand it fully, 
But do the Aryan Brotherhood tattoos have rank meanings? I watched Shot Caller and I noticed as he put in work, he got tattoos such as White Pride on his back. And as the film went on, he gains more AB type tattoos. And when questioned by the parole officer, he is asked, Any shamrocks or ABs? And he states, Only select few can wear that ink, as if it's a rank sign. If so, could you explain the different tattoo ranks, please? I know you've done a video on Prison Ink, Sean, but each race all seems to have different tattoo meanings for gangs, and I've always been curious if it's a rank or whatnot. Cheers. Well, yeah, but you're not going to, like, of course all races have different tattoos. You're not going to have a Mexican with an Aryan Brotherhood on him, are you? And you're not going to have an Aryan Brotherhood with MS-13 on him. It's like, um, yeah, they, they all mean different things. In general, though, there's one tattoo that means the same, no matter what, what country you are from, or <coughs> no matter what race, and that's teardrops. Teardrops means that you kill someone. So he wants to know, I think, also, what you got, what, like, how you put work in for what tattoo. I don't know, but it's, it's. I mean, it's, you, to get your teardrops, you kill someone. So like Swazzy's lightning bolts beat people up, collect the depth of the gang, things like that. All right, then, so... Um... You have to... The people who put in the work in, the, um, you don't just go in there and get tattooed. We've, I've, I've covered this as well, but where people have gone in and got street tattoos and they've got white pride on the street, well, that's ridiculous. You're going to get it cut off your skin. I've seen it done. Because you can't get white pride on the fucking street. White pride, prison gang for one. And it's like, you've got to earn it in prison. Who did you see that getting done to, lad? Done a video on it, lad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so do Europeans stick together in US prisons from William? Europeans? There's not many, is there? There's not that many, no. But no, generally they don't. They don't, like, congregate. You know, you see Pisces there, you see Blacks there, you see Whites there, you see Chiefs there. You don't see Europeans there. Just depends what race you're from. Depends what what colour you are as well. Boily Bam has asked if Wildman saw any prison, prisoner and guard relationships. No. Victor has asked, why did Wildman shave his head? For the podcast, I think that means. Because the sun's getting, well, warm. It's much nicer to have no hair on a sunny day. All right, here's Paul. I live in Chester. Does Wildman fancy an Italian meal and a night on the Strongbows in the city centre? We've done that one, though. Have he, we done this one? Yeah, he's not actually asking to take me out for a drink or for a meal. This is comments 10. Oh, yeah, because we did some at the end of yeah. the podcast. So let me go now to... Your actual um, last podcast. English Enforcer in Arizona Jail. There you are. Two weeks ago, 61,000 views. Not bad, is it? Just keeps going up and up and up. Clit Taser Girl. Clit Taser Girl. That's a Clit Taser Girl. It does, yes. I didn't get demonetized. Yeah. If you want to know about the Clit Taser Girl story. Um, that is on Wellman's playlist. And it's not demonetized. <laughs> Why is your accent more mank than Scouse? It's not. 
<laughs> that was from five hours ago from Daniel. And it's not Scouts either, with knees in, woolly butt. JS has said the first two minutes of this are legendary. Thank must you. Been, that must have been the clip taser thing. Um, Peter, thank you, saying this is better than anything on TV. Loads of people saying we're like little and large, la. <laughs> what do you think about that? It's very nice. As long as they're watching us and not watching the TV. <laughs> Can you get an angry-looking wild man bobblehead? We have got emojis now on the YouTube channel. So if you're in, like, the live chat next to the video. Oh, people are asking me. Um, so your pod goes out on Monday, the next Enforcer one. Yeah. Are you, you going to be in, um, contributing to the live chat at all? Yeah, I will be, yeah. If you are in the live chat on any of the podcast premieres, we do now have little emojis. I've only got two so far. One's bump, prison fist bumping. And the other one is me with the glasses that, a kind viewer sent in the freaky Mad Max glasses. Um, so that's emoji is prison freak. Let's see. Um, do, 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 do. Mad, this is from George. Mad to think you, Per, were knocking about in my area in the 1990s at the eclipse. The eclipse, sadly, is just a car park now, La. Is it? Yeah. Me you and know. Wild, me and Wild, when we were in our teens. You loved that place. Oh, man, we would drive all the way down to Coventry in my little red car that I'd inherited from my mum. Doing 55 miles an hour. Doing 55 miles an hour, breaking down, getting scooping water out of little streams. Spiral scratch. Would like to say to you, Sean Wild, man, much respect, Eleanor. Um, true adventure in a foreign land. <laughs> Ryan, six days ago, I need to have a pint with Wildman. He's one of a kind. Joe, Wildman getting his psychosis on, keeping it real, big man. And then from Super. Oh my god, this is a long one. All right. We'd go to the eclipse now and then. 20 of us in our mates in a tranny van. First time the MC was giving shouts out like Stoke Posse. I remember all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, do what, don't they? Yeah, Stoke Posse, Shelley's, Wolverhampton, shout out to the Manchester crew, M Vita, Manchester did, vibes in the area. They'd have their own flags, wouldn't they? Like football flags with the names on them. Give me conspiracy shady atmosphere over the Hacienda poses any day. We used to love the um, conspiracy, didn't we? I did like conspiracy, yeah. Well, man, I like the Hacienda, so though. Well, man, when is Scorsese going to pick up your story? You have to ask him. <laughs> I hope he does, though. Should get, this from Mark, should get wild on James English. So we did, I've already done a podcast on James and I've been talking to him. Well, man, did green light James English to um, interview the both of us. And I think James English has tweeted about that. So if you want to see us on the James English podcast together, then you guys just start asking James when he's going to organise that. He would basically have to come down to Liverpool, and I'm south of London, so probably as far for each of us to travel um, to get to Wild, do it to do it in Liverpool, maybe even here in Material Studios. Right, why are they saying la and talking about Scouse when they are not Scouse? Be quiet. <laughs> Nice one for the t-shirt. Shout out, lads. Best podcast yet. I'd buy a t-shirt out of respect and the fact you are a decent bloke well, ma'am. Thank you very much. I'm a nurse. 
don't piss us off. We can legally make you cry. Ha ha ha. Was there a nurse story that we did? Yeah, it was on about me cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not when you passed out on GHB and woke up with a nurse. You keep on saying that, lad. <laughs> That's one of the classics. I doubt there's enough serotonin and dopamine between ten people to do that many drugs. What an animal. In a good way. Don't hunt me down, please. Yeah. That's from the original GG. Did Wildman do any sports or practice any combat like boxing? Nope. Which drug has had the biggest physical toll on Wildman after all these crazy years? This is from Stinky Finch. Probably alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. It's, um, people don't think about alcohol as being a drug. But actually, it's the drug that kills the most young people in this country. Three young people die a week just from binge drinking alone. Let's see. Uh, I haven't watched Sean in for a while, but I've come back for this fucking wild man. Uh, and then someone's put, Schooly! Here's a nice one from John Smith. What's wild man's favourite curry? Uh, I don't know. It, it depends what mood I'm in. If I've had a few cans, I'll have a vindaloo. But if I'm just going for just a, a, a nice, quiet one, I'll have like a, an English curry, like a, a chicken tikka masala or a madras. And I'll usually have a chana masala. The taka dal's my all-time favourite. Don't like it too hot these days. Maybe some veg samosas. Maybe aloo chat. And then for bread, like a nice aloo paratha. Is that all the potato? Yeah. I like that. It's really rich, isn't it? Like deep yeah. fried stuff. Um, well, man's method advice, quotation marks, if you're going to do it, do it reasonably. Ha ha. Nothing like a bit of reasonable meth taking. <laughs> <laughs> um, think a really good story from both of you would be the differences between the four major races in prison, who did what, who ate it, who the most. Sounds like that'd be a long one, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's we'll, a whole podcast. We'll do that one. <laughs> Um, have we ever gone raving in a beefer? Never been a beefer. Do we have any pics of us and Wildman back in the day? Everything got took from us. All my clothes I had and everything, the photos and whatever I had, when we got arrested, the police just got hold of and we never got anything back. In Business Insider did an article about me online and there's some pics from back in the day in that article. And also the original versions of Hard Time and Prison Time and Party Time that Random House published, if you can still get those online, they've got photo sections in the middle of the books. Um, some photos of, the, of me and the Wildman as well. I first came across Sean and Wildman on True Geordie. Now I only watch this channel. So um, um, Brian did contact me recently and said he's going to have us back on before the end of the year. He's getting back to podcasting. Or if you want to increase the pressure on him to have us back on, so many people, you guys keep messaging those guys and um, tell them to get a date on the calendar. What what curry did both of you go for when you were making the the podcast? <laughs> Do you remember we went to that Indian in between the podcasts? Yeah, I had um, I had a mixed tandoori, and I think I had the paratha bread. You had two takadal. And maybe some vegetable curry. And uh, the lads had madras. 
One had a madras, one had a vindaloo. Well, man's current occupation, he's answered that quite a lot of times, but he does um, do uh, work on houses with his dad. Not work on houses. I fit kitchens. Fit kitchens. And take kitchens out. I don't want people call me saying, could you lay me a patio? <laughs> well, man is a fucking legend. I buy him a beer. How can I get a hold of him? What's your preferred method of people getting hold of you? Like through Facebook, Twitter, or any of that? Not by the neck. <laughs> um, yeah, Facebook. But, um, yeah. I'll put Wildman's Facebook and Twitter below this um, link, but Facebook's probably better. He's not on Twitter much. Facebook's good. So, so, if you can, try and respect my wife and try not to... Just direct call me because I've had people calling at all times. The hour, and my wife works too. So like, I don't. I, I mean, I'm not saying don't call me, don't talk to me, but it's just I don't mind. But if I don't answer once, don't keep on calling. Bernie Williams says everybody wants a mate like Wildman. Sean is a complete knob, but Wildman is a ledge. Wildman, have you ever tossed a salad? Nope. Sounds like you've had yours plenty of times. <laughs> Who the fuck are you to call him a knob? <laughs> it's all right. The trolls contribute to the algorithm. That's not even a troll. That's a troll. A troll. A troll. That's a wannabe troll. I, I did feel the love in between the lines. I'll reply to that. <laughs> are you drinking Tesco's own brand cider? Nope, I'm drinking Monster. <laughs> Richard has asked... Mango juice. Richard Cowley has asked, did Wildman ever get a ticket for Peter Gazing? Nope. And to those of you who don't know what Peter Gazing is, if you're in the shower and some guy's just checking out your pecker, stirring down a it, that is Peter Gazing, and it does go on. I think we're getting almost to the end of these questions now. Is there anything you want to tell... The people out on YouTube, though? Uh, yeah, thank you for the support. Um, thanks for helping the channel out a lot. R really means a lot. It means that Sean can carry on doing what he's very good at and doing. And at the end of the day, we're doing it just for to, to give you knowledge and entertainment. It's not like we go, we're getting rich off it or anything. And um, so keep on supporting us. If you'd like the T-shirts, there's two different designs. You can get them in different um, sizes. And um, thank you very much. Keep up supporting us. Comment to us. Try and keep them half normal at least. You know what I mean? You, I mean, some of the comments that bore me because I've answered, I've answered them about 100 times. And, like, the people that say, Who's Wild on? What's he doing here? Why is he with Sean? Don't even watch, you dick. Shout out to Anderson Henderson for being the wackiest, zaniest commentator and all-round lovable psycho. Keep up the good work, Anderson Henderson. And like I said, um, we were up to... Because of the donations coming in now, we have been able to maintain two podcasts a week um, for the next couple of weeks, two or three weeks. So on Monday night at 6 p.m., uh, Wednesday night at 6pm, we're, we're going to try and do regular premieres on those days. Some people have said they don't like the premiere, it blocks up the wall and stuff like that. But we found by doing the premiere, it gets promoted more 
loads of people watch the premiere and then a load more come on like a second wave and it helps launch the podcast because if the podcast doesn't get that much originally it can just do that hockey stick thing where it falls over but if you give it a good launch it's like pushing a boat out to sea then it gets it gets momentum and it gets going like Wildman's right now from his premiere fastest one so far 60 plus thousand it's still going really strong and i'll be on it too so i'll be i can answer your questions live and the other thing some people have said why are you putting out all these clips from old podcasts well for two reasons loads of people have messaged us and said look i haven't got time to watch a two or three hour podcast can you put clips out so we've done it for those people but also because youtube has demonetized most of the true crime podcasts can't make the production costs from that podcast if you put clips out what i found is more than half the clips on appeal of demonetization are getting approved because you can get a clip that's not got swearing in it or maybe not got such and such in it and it's getting allowed so that is helping us make the money back as well to keep funding the podcast so we can keep keep them going at a rate of of one or two a week at least yeah and honestly we're both absolutely blown away by all the love and support that's come in there's been some huge channel challenges to the channel there was the challenge earlier in the year um when i got doxxed and hacked and all that bullshit and there was a crime wave against me and then there's this challenge now with youtube but you know what when you're in business when you're out there when you're in the world when you're trying to rise up when you're trying to do good it's normal that these things are going to happen and my attitude is when the world throws something at you like that rise above it come up with new strategies and just keep going on strong and and and, and don't let it get you down it's, it gets you down when you first hear these things but then we just rise above them and we just we just keep on keeping on up to last week i was just gonna pack them in i just thought it's like banging my head against the fucking world you know what i mean it's a waste of my time it's a waste of everyone's time if i can't i'm being censored what i've got to say and i will say it but um i thought enough i'm not gonna let them get better than me i'll just i'll, I'll reword things yeah, a lot of people have asked, what is it? Do, what are the reasons YouTube are stating for the demonetization? I'll put a link in the description box. There's a whole page that they send you. And basically, they say profanity, drug taking, crime, sex. And in the profanity one, they say within the first five minutes of a video, especially if there's profanity in the first five minutes. So you may notice now on some of the podcasts, the sound engineers or the video editors are either beeping out some swearing early on or um after the five or ten minutes it, it, it's coming back in because we are trying to keep it real we're not just going to sell out and just start talking about celebrity gossip that's no, what we're not, about no. we're going to have edgy people edgy videos you know and um harrowing stories true crime even trying to get um some ex-police on to talk about their harrowing experiences people like neil woods undercover cop anything that's got any anything related to true crime and you guys are completely helping steer all this. More than half of the guests have come about because you guys have suggested them. So if there's anyone out there that you know that you feel would be a good contender for the podcast, put them forward to us or contact them. Send them a link to our True Crime podcast. Say, look, here's what they're doing. They've got 200,000 subs. It's a good platform to get on, blah, blah, blah. And we've got a studio in Liverpool. So for Northern people, and we've got a studio in Guildford, South of London now. For the southern people, I'd like to stay away from well, my personal view is is like Sean's done a couple of the loyalist videos. Now I know for fat people will be moaning about that because you can never win in arguments like that. But the fact is that 
that's not our view. We're just Sean's just interviewing. It, whoever he's interviewing, it's not his view. You, someone's got to interview someone. So don't be saying, oh, Sean's a loyalist, or this and that, or I always this, I always that, because th- that war's been going on for hundreds of years and it's not going to stop. So don't put it on our door, doorstep, please. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll interview people who've had prison experiences and bring that to you, and I'm just a neutral interviewer at the end of the day. But some of the more um, controversial people like Tommy Robinson and stuff like that, he's in prison right now, getting a lot of requests to have him on the podcast. So perhaps he might want to come on and talk about his prison, new prison experience he's got now. But, you know, I'm sure there will be a, a shitstorm of um, backlash to that. Because giving someone your platform does not mean you endorse everything they believe. That's just insane. Well, the people who are more controversial like that, they get the views and they help the channel as well because they lift the subs. Right then. (laughs) Take care out there in YouTube land. Cheers. We're off for Greek. We're off for Greek today. Bacchus, Greek in Liverpool, almost at the waterfront. So 5.99 all you can eat. Whatever questions you've got about that, put them in the comment section. We'll let you know exactly what we had. I'll bring a receipt. Cheers. Nice one, though.